Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Birds TV presented by DraftKings. Joining us this week, and it's been a minute since we talked to him, so it's always good to catch up. He's an Eagles legend. You see him all over the place. Fox Sports 1, 97.5 The Fanatic. And listen, I've said this many times before, and not just because you're joining us, but when people ask me, I started covering the Eagles in 2015. Who's the best all-around player that I've covered? And I'm not just saying this to blow smoke up his rear end because he's here, but it is without a doubt this man, Brian Westbrook. What's going on, B. West? Most I appreciate you saying that, man. I, That's uh, the truth. I, you know, you, I know we're really, really close friends, so I, I appreciate you saying that. Hopefully you mean it. We'll see about that. But well, well, you, you <laughs> get a little lucky because in 2015, like Tio basically gets himself kicked off the team after a few games. So I can't. I'm sorry. What did I say? 2015. I meant 2000. Yeah. I'm trying to make us all younger. Yeah. Please do. <laughs> in 2005, Tio got himself booted off the team, and so uh, you know, I mean, talent for talent, he's great too. But you were there for the long haul. You were there for the emergence. And I remind people of this all the time that Terrell Owens is a great player. He was brought to the Eagles to get them over the hump of the NFC Championship game. He did not play in the NFC Championship game that you guys won to get to the Super Bowl, but you had a heck of a playoff that year and then a heck of a career afterwards. So, like, you, Brian, got the Eagles over the hump that year. I appreciate it. I, I, there's a lot of good players in that dog on the field, so a lot of good help. And I just remember Algie Crumpler crossing the middle of the field and Dawkins laying him out. I also oh, yeah. remember Hollis Thomas almost drilling a hole through Michael Vick, Michael Vick's chest in that game too. So I mean, so many, so many players on that football team. It's disappointing. Even more and more, you bring that team up. I think about going back to that squad, and it's so disappointing that we didn't weren't able to win a Super Bowl. I mean, not just that game that year, but there were so many years that we had a chance to be 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 there and win it, and we just didn't capitalize when it's so disappointing to think about it those those old school teams i'm so, sure so, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead Jay. i was gonna say adam and i have been kind of taking a few trips down memory memory lane in inside the birds lately and we you know those teams have come up we've talked about jason short about uh, norman lejeune's name has come up. i mean we've gone yeah. through some draft oh, picks man. and there's one guy i want to specifically ask you about a little later in the show but obviously we want to focus on the Eagles now, right? Um, get your opinion on some things going on with the running back situation and the team overall. And of course, rookie camp start this week. We want to ask you a little bit about that. First, I'll remind everybody to download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use the promo code ITB to get all your sign-up bonuses. That's promo code ITB to get all your sign-up bonuses on the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, all right, so, Bri, you've seen what they've done at running back here. They draft a kid out of uh, Memphis, Kenneth Gainwell. He's got a lot of, uh, you know, slitheriness to him. He can catch the ball well, brought Jordan Howard back, and then claiming on Johnson off waivers. So when you look at this Eagles running back room, it's probably about as diverse as it's been in, in quite a while. Would you agree? I think it's complete, and it's been a while since I could, could have said that, that it's complete with guys that have played in the league, that have some experience, but also skill set-wise. I, th I think Kerryon Johnson is a guy that can help help this backfield immediately. Um, but re really, this, this backfield doesn't go unless Miles Sanders is the guy that we all thought he was going to be coming out of school, a guy that can carry the load, that can catch the ball and run the ball, that can be effective for, you know, 14, 15 games every season. He has to remain healthy. He has to get stronger, especially in the past game. And I, I think you know, the other part uh, to Miles Sanders is that he has to be a little bit better blocker. Um, I think he'll be that home run threat that he has been 
um, I mean, his first couple of years in the league, but he needs to be more consistent in his run game. And I'm talking about on first and second down, not just the home run balls as well. And so he can be a better player. It's just going to take some time for him to do that. Actually, that was going to ask you that because as a rookie in 02, how did you feel about training camp going in there and, and, and pass protection and all that, all, all the challenges that you had as a rookie? Kind of bring us inside, if you could, about a pass protection and your thoughts heading in to training camp and just getting ready for your first season. Well, you know, the interesting thing is that when you talk about training camp, a lot of different things goes into your mentality. Miles Sanders being a second round pick, almost being handed the torch when he walked in is a much different scenario than when I came in. I was a third round pick, which is not much different as far as the round picks. But when I came in, we had ball culture, you know, before he got injured in training camp there, mini camp, we had Deuce Daly, we had Brian Mitchell, we had Dorsey Levins, we had he hate me, Rod Smart. All of those guys were in front of me uh, when, when, I, when I came in. So my mentality was very simple. What do I need to do, coach, to get on the field? And I knew the quickest way to get on the field for me was for the coach to have some confidence in me that at least, worst case scenario, I'm not going to get Donovan killed. And I had one of the vets, it might have been Sean Barber, came up to me, a low linebacker. He said, as long as you protect number five, you're going to be able to play because he's our most valuable asset. And so for me, I just made it my business that I understood the protection, that I was willing to at least step up there and get ran over if need be and hopefully trip somebody before they get to the quarterback. Or I, you know, eventually figured out how to block people, learn the skill set. Um, and then so going into those camps, my, my number one goal was understand the blitz and be able to pick it up so that when I got called upon in those meetings, um, I'll be ready to go. The running part, that's natural. That's instinct. That's a feel. You can do that. Anybody can do that that's played the game long enough. Picking up the blitz is something that it takes time, a lot of studying, and a lot of help. And I, I had help from all those guys that I mentioned as well. He obviously had a mentor as well in Deuce Staley, who is one of the best at it. Um, he's been yeah. a coach for quite a while. He's no longer a coach on the Eagles. Uh, and we've seen young guys come in and really improve in that area while Deuce was here. I'm wondering if you know much, anything about the new running backs coach, Jamal Singleton. Yeah, I, I don't know very much about him. I, I, from what I've heard, um, you know, that he's very uh, attention, has very good attention to detail. Um, and again, when I looked at that offense, some of the offense that I watched, the Colts, they use their running backs out of the backfield. So they will be used out of the back. I see Gainwell being more like Naeem Hines just a little bit, being able to be used to be out of the backfield. And you have to be multiple. In this league nowadays, there's not going to be a lot of guys, maybe Derrick Henry, that are going to just be first and second down running backs. I mean, you have to be able to do a lot of different things. That includes catch the ball out of the backfield, run, and block. And that just gives you an advantage offensively. So I would expect all those guys to be called upon to do all three of those things. Why do you, you said a minute ago, this is the most complete they've been. Why do you think they're so complete as a run game or running back group? Well, I think, you know, of course, your lead dog, Miles Sanders. I truly believe that Miles can do everything. Again, he has to get sharper on his pass in the past game. I think he can be a much more of an asset to this football team in the past game than he's been. Um, these first couple of years, I think he can do a better job there. But I also think that when we talk about the home run threat, he's, we understand that. We've seen that a few times flash here and there. He can be more consistent. And there are times that in your career, your first year, you're kind of feeling it out. Your second year, you got it. Now your third year, your body's matured into what you're going to be. 
And I think for Miles, his body had to mature a little bit. You had to get that hard shell on top of your body. And now we should be depending upon him to get us 20 touches a game in the run game and the pass game and be productive for 15, 16 games in the season. When we talk about game well, I think he, again, Naeem Hines-like can give you that out-of-the-backfield threat. It was a guy that I admired so much, and I love the way the Patriots use him. Kevin Falk, you guys remember Kevin Falk? Yeah. He, he was a third down machine. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about every third down, they ran the same play. It, no matter where they are on the field, if it was third and five or less, they ran the same play. And it was a first down every single time. I think Gainwell can give you some help in the return game, but certainly in the pass game. And Kerryon Johnson, believe it or not, I mean, I think he could do a lot in the NFL. He's a veteran. He's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, can run. And if Miles Sanders goes out for a game or two, I think you'll feel confident with him starting, again, being a vet that has done it before in the league. This helps that offense. And I'm not sure where Jordan Matthews, excuse me, Jordan Matthews, uh, uh, Jordan Howard fits in. Jordan Matthews, that's a that's a <laughs> pass. Uh, Jordan Howard fits in that. But I think he, again, if you're looking for a bigger back that knows the system, that can do everything you ask him to do without getting a lot of reps, you have that as well. So you talk about that total unit. You have four guys that can help you anytime in the game. That's a good thing to have as you talk about an offense that has a brand new coordinator, brand new coach, obviously, as well as a brand new coach, excuse me, a quarterback that's going to be starting for the first time, you know, at the beginning of the season. I think you're going to need a run game. Having those four backs to help you back there uh, will go a little far for this football team. Now, B. West, you ran behind some pretty good offensive line and some good offensive line men. I mean, Sean Andrews was one of the most athletic guards there was and Runyon, Trey. I keep having this like vision and I, we don't know when Landon Dickerson will play and we don't exactly know where just yet once he gets on the field. Mm -hmm. um, and Isaac Samalo is a pretty good left guard. So I don't think it's going to be like a replacement there, but I always wonder if, if Isaac gets hurt and you put Landon Dickerson at left guard, right. And you got 335 pounds there next to a 350 pound athletic freak in Jordan Mylata. Man, that double team block on that five or seven technique mm -hmm. or whoever they're playing, if you're Miles Sanders, you're like, I'm running that way. I mean, that's got to be a wonderful thing, right? When I think about that, I say we start to our left, and then we see how how, how athletic and how well, how good of a blocker Jason Kelsey is. And as I run that lane, that, that lane to the left, I'm starting to look inside, and I'm cutting up all those blocks off of Dickerson, off Kelsey, onto that backside. Let's see what Brooks has. I mean, I, I, when I think of offensive line, I think the Eagles, we talk about the right side, if they can be healthy. Johnson and Brooks, it's, it's just hard to find a better duo there when they're healthy. But I think about how can I get those cutbacks because teams begin to overrun, and then you cut back, you get a lot of yards there. So, you know, I, I like uh, Dickerson. I think he can help this team. It's a mentality thing with that offensive line. I think he can help. You know, you can argue about where he should have been drafted at, whether it was a second or third round. But when healthy, again, that's the big question mark. When healthy, he can help this football team. Um, you know, and that goes a long way to some, you know, opposed to players that we've drafted in the past that couldn't help, that didn't put us in a better position. I think when healthy, he'll, he'll be able to help this football team. Brian, looking at the receiver core, they're very young. This is one of the youngest re receiver cores in the National Football League. Actually, don't even have a vested veteran on the roster. Yeah. When you were playing, was it – I mean, you look at your receiver groups over the years, it seemed like you had a lot of veterans. Is this an issue uh, for you as you analyze this team? Is it, does it matter if they don't have a lot of experience? How do you evaluate this uh, group of young receivers? You, you know, 
there's two things. I think one, being able to grow together, quarterback, receiver, group, I think there, there is some value there. This is what I do know, and I'll use a horse reference because, of course, I own a horse farm. When you have a green horse, right, a, a new horse that hasn't been broke yet, hasn't had a lot of rides under, is still just figuring out things, and you have a, a, a novice rider, a guy that a girl that hasn't rode a bunch, that's usually a recipe for disaster. Something, <laughs> something bad is going to happen. Uh-oh. Usually uh-huh. you want to have a, a an experienced horse with a novice rider because hey, the, the rider may do some things that, uh, that, that an experienced horse has been there and done it before and will we'll get them out of harm's way. Or if you have a, an experienced rider and a novice horse, same type of thing. When you have two novices, young quarterback and young receiver, you're going to get yourself in some, some bad situations. It's going to be up to Nick Sirianni to make sure this offense runs efficiently, that they stay on track. Third and long is going to be the enemy of all offenses, but especially when you have an inexperienced quarterback and young receivers, I think that being on track, making it more of a run threat, and then using your pass game will go a long way for this team. And so, yeah, it's an issue to have, you know, a young group out there because what happens if they don't see the blitz coming? Then your mm-hmm. quarterback gets killed in the back. What if they're not looking right? What if they're not getting to the proper depth? So many things can happen, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to be up to the coaching to make sure that whoever's out there, young guys, uh, old guys, guys in between, they can make sure that the offense continues to run as efficiently as possible. That's going to be the coach's job, no matter no matter who's out there. All right, Brian, I want to get into something. I told you there was a name I wanted to bring up, and it's really not about the name. It's about the mentality, because I've covered a lot of players in my career who will not say it out loud, but privately to a media member, will talk about what happens when the team drafts a player um, at the same position when they already have kind of a, a younger entrenched player in that position. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about that with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, and we saw what happened there. And of course, people are talking about it now with Jalen Hurts and what happened when the Eagles brought in Joe Flacco, or what if they were to draft another quarterback, or why aren't they even naming him the starter, his mentality? So I want to ask you from your, because it's everybody's different. So I'm not going to ask you to comment on somebody else's situation, but you were a pretty good ascending emerging player in 2005 when the Eagles used a third round pick, which is the same pick they used on you to draft a kid named Ryan Motes. How did that make you feel at that time when they did that? And did Big Red even discuss it with you before or after? Give me the whole like sequence and what your mindset was like when that happened. You know, I probably view this different than a lot of players. I, I mean, just from the conversations I've had with guys, um, in the way that I always thought. To me, I always thought that there was going to be competition no matter what. There was always going to be a guy that wanted my spot or I wanted his spot, no matter no matter what, who he was, whether he was drafted, whether we traded for him or not. So to me, I didn't care if they drafted the guy or not. If I was good enough and if I did what I know that I can do, I felt I was going to play. I, I felt like the coaches would see a value from me being on the field. And when I wasn't on the field, that they would feel a, 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 a whole something missing in the team. That, that was just my thought. And it's probably it just, it's just a confidence thing. It's a thought process thing. That's just the type of person I was. There were times my last year where LaShawn McCoy came in and I was saying to myself, I'm not good enough to play right now. Literally, I wasn't healthy enough and I wasn't good enough. I shouldn't have played in front of him. Now, there were times where I did because Andy Reid could trust me. There were, and he just, it was a tie between me and Andy. He wanted me to be okay. Um, but I, 
I've always been real with myself. I've always thought that, listen, um, someone wants your spot. It's up to me whether that guy gets my spot or not. It's up to me whether that guy gets off the bench, period. And 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 at that point, you know, that, that's the way I went about it. Now, I, I hear I hear what other guys say. I, I, I literally saw what happened with Carson Wentz last year, and we've seen it with other players and other positions before as well. That's never really been my thought. My thought has always been, Go out there and be you. And when 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 I'm myself and I'm healthy enough to be me, there, there was no one that was going to take my spot. That was that's been always my thought process. So Brian, I want to get back to when you were talking about pass protection as a rookie. Did, was it extra tape study? Was it extra time in practice after practice was over? What did you do to become the pass protector that you would become and known for around the National Football League? Well, well, first of all, the first thing you have to do is know who the heck to block. So I mean, I spent you know, a bunch of time with Juan Castillo in the offensive line. When we weren't with, you know, doing stuff with the running backs, I was always with the offensive line. And really, it was about learning from them, but more so than anything, getting a, a feel for them, getting, making a, a, building a rapport with those guys, because those are my best friends, literally. Those are the guys that I, I depend on for my success as a running back. But I'm talking about film study. Uh, you you got to be a film junkie to understand what looks a defense can give you, and you have to be able to understand what looks that what do you do when that look happens. So you have to be a film junkie there. The other part is at some point you got to figure out how to be a, a better blocker. Physically, how do you be a better blocker? The inside leg, you anchor in, anchor the inside. Don't let anybody go that way. If they want to they want to get to the quarterback. They got to run the hump. So at some point you got to learn the skill set. That's something that. I pulled Deuce Daly aside. I pulled Brian Mitchell. I had our, our running back coach, Ted Williams. I'm hitting a sled and different things like that. I'll never forget. This one longer, maybe a couple of years ago, Brian B. Mitch, we was talking. He said, you asked me so many questions as a rookie. I mean, I couldn't stand it anymore because you <laughs> asked so many questions. I just wanted to have a better understanding myself of how to make myself a better player. And from my mind, I need to ask that from a, a – a, a Hall of Famer like Brian Mitchell, in my mind, a guy that's been there and done that. I remember just sitting with Dorsey Levins, and, and he was just like, listen, this is how you train. We get up every morning. We go work out. We, we would run sprints every morning. And this is how you get your body ready. But this is how you get your mind ready, the film side. So I, I would tell any rookie to find yourself a vet, someone that, that you know, has a vested interest in you being successful and follow that guy. They're going to lead you in the right direction. Definitely. Great words of wisdom. All right. We have some other questions, uh, Brian, about overall team we want to get to real quick. Uh, first, got to tell our fans and, and our audience, stop paying full retail price for the things that you want. Get on Deal Dash, the best penny auction website and app around. It's DealDash.com. Download their app. And when you register, use the promo code ITB to get a special offer for some bonus free bids. Hey, it's Jeff Mosher. Adam Kaplan and I love using Anchor for our Inside the Birds podcast every week. It's so user-friendly, anyone can create their own podcast, and you should too. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast for a professional sound and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. 
All right. Um, real quick here, as we kind of round out the, the rookie camp and the co- I, I just want your impression. Like when, when, you, when you watch Nick Sirianni's press conferences and you hear him speak and he's had several now, you think what? I feel like a coach trying to find his way. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't judge him who he's going to be as a football coach by some of the things I think it's, I mean, it's good radio conversations, good for our podcast to talk about some of the things that he said and his excitement. But I, I know that even even after my career was over and I went into the the, 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 the talk about the game, the analyst side, you got to kind of figure your role. You got to kind of figure out which, what type of analyst you want to be. And I feel like Nick Sirianni at this point, never being a head coach, is trying to figure out what type of head coach you want to be. And it could be this rah-rah guy. It could be a meat and potatoes guy. It could be, you know, Ron Rivera, who doesn't say very much, but when he walks in the room, he demands respect. You know, I, I know this about head coaches. Andy Reid did it, you know, before I even got here. You come in hard, you come in tough, and you can always pull back. Guys respect you for that. But if you come in soft, it's always hard to, to, to hype it up and to get it the amp it up so now that you are taking serious like some of these hard-nosed coaches because guys are like ah that's not your personality I know this is not you so I you know I would caution Nick Sirianni and again I've never I haven't been to the practices but make sure these guys understand I can be your friend I can be your pal I can be your head coach that you love I can be your players coach but I'm also willing to you know to bring down the hammer if I need to as a head coach and I think Nick, Nick Sirianni over time will figure it out it's just a, it's a time thing for him where he has to get the reps in. Just like we do TV analyst wise, he has to get the reps in. That means standing in front of the team, talking to media as well. Um, I think that's something that he'll get better at. So Brian, we've had free agency. We've had the draft. You, you, you talked about the coach staff. They're, they're firmly entrenched. We actually have a rookie mini camp coming up here. So what's your level of optimism for the Seagulls team this season? You know, I don't, I don't think they'll win very many games. But I don't think they're built to win very many games either. This this year, according to what Jeffrey Lurie said, this is about building the foundation. This is about establishing culture, establishing character inside that building. This is a, something new, brand new for everyone involved. And so, to me, this season is nothing has nothing to do with winning games. This is building the culture, similar to I don't know if you guys remember. This was the beginning of last season. Ron Rivera had a chance to win games win a game. And I can't remember exactly what he did. He must've went for two or something. And his press conference was, was spot on in my mind. He said, you got to win, learn how to win first. And, you know, and that's going to help you in the long run. And that's what this team, it should be all about. We got to, we got to learn Nick Sirianni. We got to learn his, what, what he wants us to be as a team. And then we can perfect it. And it may take the last four games of the season, the last eight games of the season for them to understand it and then try to perfect it. But that doesn't mean that they're going to win the, comp, the division this year. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll be close. Um, but, you know, this year isn't about that. It's about learning it and, and getting better and, and making sure that the culture is established. So for those who don't know, Brian, you had a brother. You have a brother who did play in the NFL for Washington, and he was a cornerback. And just kind of wondering, is he looking for work? <laughs> hey, I you know, I, I wonder – I wonder that all the time. Like, hey, you should go play. But no, I, I wish I could still play. Yeah, I'm wondering what the, this team is going to do at cornerback. Again, and, and I don't necessarily have to look much further than our division. The, 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 the Cowboys got a, a, a stable full of guys that can go win. Washington does. 
in New York does. All guys that can go win um, as far as route running. We're going to have to play much better defense. We're going to have to find a way to get to the quarterback much better than we did a, a year ago. I, I see our defense having their struggles. There's no doubt about it. And what happens when your defense has struggles, unless your offense is a top-flight offense, if they're trying to figure it out like I think our offense will be, our offense will be struggling too. That means we got to throw the ball more. That means that we got to come from behind a little bit more. That puts more pressure on Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and that offensive performance. So, you know, all those things go hand in hand. I have to believe, as we look into the future, a couple of those first-round picks next year will be on cornerbacks or we'll be using them to trade for a cornerback. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I do have to ask you about Jalen Hurts. Uh, this is his first full year as a starter. We had, we had four starts last year for him. A, what do you think of him last year? And B, what are your thoughts on this coming season for him uh, as an Eagle? I thought Jalen Hurts looked like a rookie last year. I, he, he looked like a guy that was coming in in week 12, week 13, and, and trying to figure it out. And he had some natural talent that showed early on. He had some things that we say, okay, you got to get much better at that. I think that he showed a little bit of potential. I, I wouldn't say that you could fairly grade him to as far as his ability to be a franchise quarterback last year. He didn't flash. I mean, he shows a couple flashes here and there, but he didn't show me anything that would say, hey, he's going to have a, a great 12-year career. He also didn't show me anything that says, you know, he's a bum. He shouldn't get an opportunity. To me, what he showed me was that, okay, he can do some things, um, but it's going to take it, – it takes time to develop these quarterbacks. You name me one quarterback that has just been great from day one. There's yeah. just not very many of them. There are some special ones that have that ability. But, I mean, there's not very many of them that day one, as soon as they get put in, they just jump off the board. He's going to have to be groomed. He's going to have to learn this system. Nick Sirianni is going to, and this is what he said, he's going to have to put a system in front of Jalen Hurts that he can comprehend and get better. And, and you know, I, I think if all those things happen, with the addition of some of the weapons, now we'll see what type of player Jalen Hurts is. To, to me, when you pick up Devontae Smith in that first round, now you're saying, okay, this is one less excuse we have for Jalen Hurts. This is one less excuse that we have. And now we'll see, okay, we have a much better judge of if he's the guy. Because if he's not the guy, we'll know pretty soon. And then again, we go back to those first-round picks. How did they use him in the following years? Maybe a cornerback. Maybe use him for a trade for a quarterback. Maybe you're drafting a quarterback. All those things will be in play. But at first, got to evaluate whether Jalen Hurts can be good enough in Nick Sirianni's offense to make an impact. No doubt about it. All right, B. West, really appreciate it. Tell us what's going on with the uh, Brian Westbrook Foundation. You know, we are, just like everyone else in the world, we're super happy that COVID has uh, kind of fallen back a little bit and more people have gotten, back, gotten vaccinated and people are starting to open up the world. We talk about that with our stadiums now. Um, with, with the foundation, we're kind of doing the same thing. We're digging out from, from last year and we're, we're getting more people involved. We're getting more kids involved. And the, the goal for our, our foundation is to empower our youth to teach them skill sets that they can use, whether they, you know, go to college, whether they end their, their educational career in high school, skill set resume building, financial uh, literacy, real estate planning, lifestyle planning, um, all those different things. We talk about electric, electrical work. We talk about carpentry. We talk about all those things that can make you a, a better person. Our, our goal is to make sure that every kid has a skill set that they can find that we can help to get them in job placement, that we can help to make sure that they can continue to better themselves. And if we can do that, I think we're trying to make our community better. 
you can't do that if you don't help at least one or two or three kids. And our goal is to help as many as we can. Um, and that's what the Brian Westford Foundation is all about. That's awesome. Now, how could somebody find out more or become a help out or donate? Is there a place that yeah, you, yeah. you can go to uh, Brian Westbrook, excuse me, bwestbrook.com. It's, it's our website. You can certainly go there and donate. Um, if you want to get some more information, you can email me, Brian at bwestbrook.com. You know, our, our information is we're wide open. We just want people to make sure that it, whether it's for us or someone else, there's so many people in this world that need our help. Um, just make sure that you're helping people because I didn't get to this place by myself. And I, as successful as you guys are, are um, you didn't get there all by yourself. Someone has have, had to help you along the way. And that's what we want to do for others. We just want to be able to help others and then show them how to give back and continue the process. And so th that's our goal. That's what we're all about. Great stuff. No doubt about it. Uh, you're a tremendous player. You're a tremendous person. We thank you so much for joining us, B-West. Uh, it won't be so long. We're going to have you come on probably sometime soon, maybe during the season. We'll go through the okay. team, see what's going on. Uh, friends, if you're looking to buy a car, go to skymotors.com. Or if you're looking to sell and get the most money for it, and trust me, they're giving away the most if you're looking to trade in your car. Skymotorcars, skymotorcars.com. Tell them Jeff and Adam sent you. Brian, it's been great. You're looking healthy. You're looking uh, like you're enjoying yourself. You got your horses. You got a great life. We want to be like you, man. Appreciate everything, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Take care. You got Thank it. For Brian Westbrook, Adam Kaplan, I'm Jeff Mosher, and you've been watching ITB TV.